It can't be that bad, oh, 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 it can't be that bad. It's the comedy, you know, like when they sold this movie, that's how they got Bradley Coops on board. Did not know this was a Weinstein movie either until today. Ooh, that was tough, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad didn't... I didn't have to pay for that. No. Yeah. Gordon Ramsay, executive produced this. Apparently, he helped quite a bit of getting that. But duh, every time he yelled and threw something, it was like, that's clearly Gordon. That's mm-hmm. Gordon. Yeah. I was watching this YouTube video of him talking about Burnt. And they don't mention at all that he's an executive producer, but he's saying, mm. it's such a fantastic movie. You know, that's just really how life in the kitchen is depicted. And we're like, you know, you're just promoting this movie that you produced. It's his brand. Get some money. It's, it's his, his brand. Get, it, now, how much of Gordon Ramsay is really Gordon Ramsay, and how much of him is just a TV personality at this point? You know where I see the most Gordon Ramsay is when, like, quarantine first started. He was doing like at-home kitchen videos on Instagram, and like he would kind of get in, like a bickering argument with his daughter. And I was like, that's that's the real. Gordon that's the Ramsay. real that's guy. What it really is. Yeah. Because he's very understanding that, like, okay. I have this character that mm-hmm. America sees me, that the world sees me as. Got to live up to it. Yeah, I'm so I'm gonna start doing these short videos where I'm critiquing people uh, cooking eggs in a weird way, and I'm gonna, you know, that's that's Absolutely. what he's selling. But like, that's rubbish. He's exactly finding, finding a way to make TikTok his own. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. hey, that fool's a millionaire. Dancing was not cutting it for him on TikTok. I'm sorry. Did he dance? He, he, he tried a couple. I can't watch couple. that. I cannot watch that. It's not worth watching. It's pretty bad. Have you guys seen those like prison TikTok videos where they do like, this is how you make five star top ramen in prison? <laughs> how? And, how, Christian? I don't know. They just have like top ramen. <laughs> they crunch it up and like they get that like, sounds top like broken top rana. <laughs> yeah, it's like. I don't know how. He's like, we're making three day brownies in the toilet. <laughs> how? What's the best prison food you think you'd eat if you're in prison? Uh, gosh, I hope I don't. I hope I don't ever have to go to prison. Yes, you know. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I would hope for some of those like uh, Ritz, uh, Ritz crackers with the peanut butter. I'm not too. I'm not. You know, because I know like things cost more there, so I'm trying to lower my expectation. Is there like a currency exchange? Yeah, there's yeah. a commissary and stuff, and you and like someone has to load up your money. It's like going to school or something. Whoa! That's I have to I'm go told. to prison to figure this out. No, no, you don't. no, 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 Host. Uh, I had to go bit backwards on that. What I have, Christian Baltazar, hey. which uh, Alex calls him Christian Balls or Square. Uh, uh, actually, yes, you do. Okay. We also have Ale, 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 Alejandro. I know you hate that, but yeah, uh, my you. baby brother. Here mm-hmm. we are today. Uh, baby this, I'm brother. just going to keep digging. I'm just going to keep digging. Dude, dig as much as uh, you can. This is ICBTV where we watch critically condemned movies. Yeah. And today we have a hot, hot episode for you Ooh, today. How, why is right. it so hot? It's so hot you're going to get burnt. Oh, oh, that's the name of the movie. Sorry, did I say it too early, guys? What are we going to say it together? Okay. Uh, usually right, ready one two three burn all right that was Sorry. great <laughs> i got i just felt it just i feel like thing. i just got hit with a ton of bricks because my energy's through the roofs right now hey he's got it going he's we just had jack in the box and so i thought we were going to be like a little slower with all this grease in our uh, no, not at all fat kid veins. fuel uh, <laughs> definitely you, coagulated you that's for sure oh uh <laughs> my heartbeat is slower uh boom, and not boom. for a good reason boom it's not slowing down to Boom. prolong my life expectancy. It's slowing down until it actually will stop in about five minutes. I like to imagine that we only get a certain number amount of heartbeats. So as soon as you're born, you get like 
six hundred billion heartbeats. You're just like constantly on a counter, like yeah. And then one day, just like depressing. It's like that Justin Timberlake movie. What's it called? In time. Oh yeah, that was a good one. That is a good one. That's something we could do. Yeah. Why the fuck didn't we do that one? We should have done that one. Sorry guys. No, but this movie was great. This movie is anxiety inducing. Yes. So let me ask you, Christian. Did you feel anything as you watched this movie? Is there you feel anything? I felt so much for someone that has never dabbled in the restaurant business, has never stepped foot in a in a kitchen other than my own, and like I guess you know other friends' homes, kitchens. Mm-hmm. Um, that lifestyle of working in a restaurant, especially like a one that's trying to get their third Michelin star, stressed me the hell out. Yep. Now let me ask you guys: mm. Is that a good depiction of what the restaurant life is? Uh, within a kitchen. I think Gordon Ramsay says it best. Uh-huh. See my movie. I paid a lot of money for it. <laughs> that's uh, that's Gordon Ramsay's accent. That sounds a little. Uh... I'm Britosh. Britosh. Uh, Hollywood, please hire Alejandro because he could do <laughs> great. Accents. So many accents. Great accents. Yeah. I'm from London. On. And you added a syllable there <laughs> with a stutter. He's working on it. Um, shall we just do the itty bitty nitty gritty? Yes, And then sir. we'll go into it and we'll go from there. Hell yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, Matthew brought us a film called Burnt. Uh, that's got a T at the end, not an ED. Um, it was rated R and was released in the year 2015. Apparently it's a drama slash comedy, but it is just a straight up drama in my book. Yep. drama. Uh, it has a runtime of one hour, 41 minutes or 101 minutes. Uh, you can see the ratings of this film. It's got three of them that we like to look at. Three of them that we go in order. Usually it's like IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic. Sometimes it's Idra, uh, Robert and Idra Rober. Sometimes it's just like a random number. Sometimes Walmart will give us a rating. But I, those are my favorite mm-hmm. ratings. What we're doing today is the classic IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, Metacrits. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Right. IMDb has this film rated at 6.6 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes has this at 28%. And Metacritic has it at 42%. Mr. Middleton. Me. And Mr. Balzer Square. Me. <laughs> what percentage of Google users approve of this film, Burnt, starring Bradley Cooper? You want to go first, Matt? Absolutely, absolutely. Let's see. I'm going to go with Wes Welker at number 83. 83%. 83%. I'm going with 86%. Uh, Christian is the current belt holder and Boom. the reigning champ. He is correct again on the nose with 86%. Oh, it's 86? Yes, sir. Nice. Wow. Snaps is coming at you. Right at you. Adam Jones was once a... Top chef in Paris until drugs and alcohol led to a meltdown that got his career on that put his career on hold. After moving from New Orleans to London, Adam gets a shot at redemption when his former maitre d reluctantly hires him as the head of chef for his fine dining restaurant, demanding perfection from his newly formed staff. The the well, I've never seen this word. What is the word? Ar- arsebic? Ar- it's like, what the fuck is that word? Acerbic? I have no clue. Oh. This is history, guys. I've never seen this happen on the show before. Let's just say acerbic. Hang on. I'll put the word right here, and you baddies at home can try to pronounce it for yourselves. It means... Please tell us what the, the meaning is in the comments below, please. <laughs> Tasting sour or bitter. They should have just said tasty, sour, bitter. don't know that word? That seems like a no. wine word. Well, it's not. Well, okay. let's use it... Uh, constantly in the next two months. Demanding perfection from his newly formed staff, the sour tasting and temperature Jones gets a second chance to fulfill his dream of getting a third Michelin star. Directed by John Wells, it had a budget of $20 million hairs. Christian and Matt. 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 What did this movie gross in its box office recoup? You want to go first? I would like to think this was successful. I remember it coming out. So I'm going to say 100 million. 
Mm-hmm. Hundred million. So it went from like what did you say, like twenty six? It made it was had a budget of twenty million. Of twenty million. Okay, so you think so made wow. it, think it made over eighty million dollars. Twenty million. Mm. I mean, well, it didn't take place in a lot of locations, just like in London and within like two different restaurant kitchens, right? Oh yeah, they. I bet you they filmed all of his walking around scenes in like two days in London. Yeah, mm. and then like a, the rest a, was like a, a limited studio. cast with mm-hmm. just you know whoever worked in the kitchen and Gwyneth like, Paltrow though. No, that was Uma Thurman. Oh, whatever. Same thing. That's the not Uma Thurman. Yeah, that is Uma, Uma Thurman. Thurman. That's Uma Thurman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it looked like her. I was like, oh man, it's definitely she looks not different. Gwyneth Paltrow. I, you know what? I get them mixed up. They're the same age, right? Because no. of their age, you get them mixed uh, no, up. No, no way, dude. They look alike. Uh, uh, no way, no way dude. man. Uh, I thought you were gonna be good at this no, thing. I'm not Imagine good at this Gwyneth thing. Paltrow in Kill Bill. I can't see it. I could see actually. She was. She was Mrs. Iron Man. I could see that because that happened. No, um, I could see, I could see, I could see her as Kill Bill. Really? Yeah, I think that'd be actually that'd be kind of that'd, that'd could be kind of. Could you cool. see Uma as uh, Pepper Potts? The, no, the one, the one with Jack Black, where he he only sees uh, Shallow How. Shallow How. Could you see her in Shallow How? No. 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 I couldn't either. The two things, and we'll get back to the movie. The two <laughs> things that I see Uma Thurman as is uh, Catwoman as a uh, Kill Bill. <laughs> no, I don't see her as that at all. Was she in Catwoman? No. She was never got you're thinking Anne Hathaway or Halle Berry. Um <laughs> or uh what's her face? The, uh, I'm thinking of Mel- Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer, thank you. She was Catwoman? She was yeah, the first it was Michael Keats. I don't fucking remember, dude. The OG Batman. Um I remember that uh, Uma Thurman was Poison Ivy. What well, there we go. Uma Thurman was Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy, Ivy. That's or um my super ex girlfriend. <gasps> Ooh, how come we haven't done that one yet? I would be that down seems to right do up that. Your alley right there. That's yeah. some, oh, who's, who's man. the guy? Who's it's the guy in that one? Luke Wilson, isn't it? I think it's Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. That's that a great good. premise. Honestly, let's talk about that movie right now. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> My super ex girlfriend is a movie starring Luke Wilson, Uma Thurman. It was uh, Paul Giamatti's in it too, isn't he? I think so. Is Paul Giamatti the bad guy? This sounds like a fantastic movie. Such Why are we not talking about My Super Ex Girlfriend? Cut the tape. We're gonna redo <laughs> this. We're gonna have right. to watch this movie. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My name is Chris. Oh. Um, it actually made thirty-six point six million dollars. I didn't get to guess. Wah, wah, wah. I didn't get to guess. <laughs> well, you stalled long enough, Christian. Well, we stalled long enough. We tried to give you a chance. No, we just all went off on the same That's tangent. Okay. You together. can have hundred million. I'll take thirty million. <laughs> it's not prices right rules. Okay, so it made how much? Thirty-six. Thirty-six. So it made about sixteen point six million dollars. It's not bad, but I mean, you know, it it opened at a rough time. The director had just come off that film Aloha with Bradley Cooper and Emma Stone, where Emma Stone mm. plays a Hawaiian girl. Yeah, uh, that everybody hates. What year not, is this? Not again? well received. Two thousand fifteen. Okay, um, I had to watch this movie on IMDb TV through Amazon Prime. Same Z's. So, which oh, is I interesting. Tubi. Oh, because oh, it's free on that. Yeah. Ads on that. Yeah. Yeah, there were ads on IMDb TV, but I was able, if you have like a, a, a this newer MacBook and it has like the time skip, I was able to glide past all of the ads. <gasps> and I don't know if that's just Hack. a glitch. You know you hacked it, bro. Good job. Nice. So You're a computer you hacker. All of you guys watching this through IMDb Broderick. TV. Hell yeah, that's me. Um, Do you know what that means? What? That reference. Uh, Matthew Broderick was a hacker in the movie Hackers. I don't know. <laughs> no. Do you know? There is a movie called Hackers. <laughs> Sorry, that's Matthew Lillard. My bad. Yeah. Mm. Matthew Broderick was in War Games where he plays yeah. a hacker. See? Okay. I got that completely wrong. I was thinking close, Matthew Lillard. But close enough. Computer stuff, you know. Matthew the old Lillard school get internet, like put the phone on the receiver. It's like, internet. Matthew Lillard's in that show Good Girls. Um, and he's also Shaggy from Scooby Not anymore, Doo. and was not told that he wasn't going to be Shaggy in the new cartoon one that had just come out, and was all butthurt. Because I don't think he's making money from anything else. He was he's also, in that show Good Girls. Uh, 
Oh, on, on Netflix. Yeah. Is he a pivotal character in that? He's so and so's husband. Okay, that's awesome because I miss him. Husband. He's uh, also in Thirteen Ghosts and Fever Pitch. Ooh, Thirteen mm. Go- Fever Pitch. <laughs> Fever What's the Pitch one with, with Freddie Prince. What's Jimmy one with, Fallon. Yeah, no, that's Jimmy Fallon. What's the one Jimmy with, with Freddie Prince? And, the, and they're and they're like in um and then the minor leagues, summer catch. Same thing. Whatever. Summer catch. I think there's a big Fever difference, pitch. but that's yeah. okay. I mean, they sound <laughs> very similar. <laughs> baseball movies. You get no, it. No, no, no. One takes place in New York. One takes place yeah, in Boston. Yeah, one was better than other, and Freddie Prince totally uh, crushed. Well, Jimmy to get Fallon. back to it, I'm curious as to why this movie, Burnt, Burnt, yes. which Burnt. is so good, only got like a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. I could see it getting maybe like 40s and the 50s, mm. but like a 28% is just ripping it apart. I think people see this as kind of like a overacted film. But the truth is, it's pretty spot on. That's the kitchen. Yeah, that's actually yeah. it's actually pretty right. Right, it's really correct. close, really close to what it's like. I mean, totally. it gets you back in that that emotion wheelhouse. I mean, I was in the industry for ten plus years, working in everything from an Applebee's over in Vallejo to uh, a once three Michelin star restaurant. I think it went down to two, uh-huh. but but um, working in those kind of aspects, and so I kind of saw a little bit of everything. And you know, it the depiction was. Uh, as intense as it needs to be. I think there were definitely extremes, especially in the beginning when he's like finding himself, you yeah. know, like uh, and he's first putting that kitchen together. Shucking a million oysters as a million like, o- oh, It took him three years, right? He's like... I looked at uh, something online where they had it broken down. Like he walked in with 969,000 shucked already. <laughs> and then he did a million that day. That means he's shucking like eight oysters every second. And it's just like, I was like, I hate nerds. Uh, sometimes really he was doing it that Sometimes day. nerds ruin it. Because like, and also like he was taking his time. That last one he really like savored. And was like... Mm-hmm. <sighs> he made that look really good i do love me some oysters i wanted some oysters right after that i'll tell you what though golf oysters are not great oysters and that's what it seems like he's shucking because he's in new orleans right yeah those things are huge they're rubbery and chewy yeah but everything cooked in new orleans tastes better that's that is also true that's what i keep hearing i gotta go it's great adult disneyland adult disneyland Adult Disneyland. Yeah. I just want to try I want to try all the foods in New Orleans and I want to just experience the live music that is just outside of everything, mm-hmm. right? Inside everything. And inside all the jazz clubs and yeah. all that stuff, dude. Um so this movie takes place uh in first it starts off in New Orleans where our gentleman Adam Jones is like we said doing his penance for some unknown crime, not crime, but mistake that he made uh, against his friends and former restaurant. Some yeah, back in Paris. He knows that he has to make his way back. He knows he has to try and find his way through and, and right his wrongs. So he gets on a plane, flies back to London, uh, and he meets with his f- friend, best friend, ex-lover. Wait, I, It's one? hard to say, right? Because it's like that he gives him that look at the end. Uh, I would say in restaurants, there's always finessing people, especially when you're at that high of a level. And I think like the guy he just finessed the most when he was in, when he was in the business, you know, get him Baron Zemo. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tony. Yeah. yeah. The guy that plays Tony. Like, <laughs> I only know him as Baron. Well, I don't only know him as Baron Zemo, but like every time I saw him on screen, I was like, I wonder if this is what Baron Zemo did before the Sokovia Accords. And like, this is pre Avengers. Before he goes and tortures him. Crazy. And so like when, when Baron Zemo meets, if he ever meets Rocket Raccoon, he's going to be like, I know this voice. Wait, you sound familiar. Um, I'd hate to shoot you down, buddy, but I don't think so. <laughs> I don't I don't think that the Avengers movies have anything to do with Burnt from they 2015. Be, they've been building it since 2015. <laughs> it's so deep and layered. Oh, um, so he goes to London and he's trying to wrong, amend his wrongs with Tony mm-hmm. or Baron Zemo. Uh, and the hotel that he is at is a fairly successful restaurant. Can you be a junkie? And a great chef. Yes, for it's sure. It's still possible. Anthony Bourdain. Oh. 
Man, you got me there, man. Yeah. Because uh, in fact, I it's it's this movie makes a good point of it of even if a chef is sober, then they're like fucking the brains out of women or they're doing yoga every single minute of the day. Is or, that a stereotype that chefs get a, get a lot of poontang? They can mm. get what they can get a lot of whatever they want wherever they work. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes oh. you'll you'll see the ugliest chefs with the hottest host. You've told me that before. I think we had uh, just reviewed waiting and you're yeah. telling me that yeah, ugly chefs and mm-hmm. is it because of the kind of it's the dynamic. It's the power dynamic that you have. For sure. And for the sure. confidence that chefs have to have. And I mean, the arrogance, so too. Much, like, like you saw in the movie, you got to have that arrogance. And like what he's asking for back out of his cooks, I want you to be arrogant right back. He's like, you know, don't tell me. He's like, uh, tell me, fuck you, right? He tells that other guy. He's like, tell me, fuck you. He's yeah, because like, the other I, I guy. To, yeah, I want this, you to be abrasive. This newer cook that he's about to hire says, like, you're, you're a hero to me. Mm-hmm. David says, you're a hero to me. You're and Bradley soft. Cooper says, like, a hero or a god. I'm like, damn. Mm-hmm. He's like, this would you pay me? cocky. Would you pay me to learn from me? He was just like, I need you to say fuck you. I need, I need some of that arrogance in my kitchen. Exactly. That's hey, you insane. Know, th- in the restaurant industry, there's a level of arrogance that you need to have. Otherwise, well, what absolutely blows my mind is that if this is a good depiction, like an accurate depiction of what uh, life is working in a kitchen, and it's that aggressive for the entire shift, six yep. days in a row, you know, working twenty hour days, getting four hours of sleep to come back at seven in the morning. Yep. If that's an accurate depiction, and all these cooks and chefs. Still come back, and not only do they just return, but they love this lifestyle. That blows my mind. They do for a time. They do. They love it. And you know what? Speaking as someone who's worked in like a, I guess a similar style restaurant that is depicted there. You know, for some people, like at the the restaurant that I worked at, um, if you're there for a year, you've made your name in cooking already, and you can move on and get a job anywhere. Mm -hmm. If you were just a sous chef, you can now get your own kitchen. If you were, you know, uh, a lead, you can now find yourself as a sous chef in a in a nice restaurant. So it just depends based on. And those guys are the guys that are doing it like that. When I worked at like uh, at Rooster Steakhouse, when I worked at uh, uh, the Cheesecake Factory, those guys, those are cooks and stuff like that. And they kind of work through. But the guys up in Napa, the guys that are doing these three Michelin stars type jobs are there at 7 a.m. They're planning it out. They cook through all through service. Last service comes in at 10. It probably takes four hours. So they're out of there by two cleaning. And then they're all sitting around together writing the next day's menu because the menu is changing daily. Wow. And they're there until... Till who knows? Till for two sure. in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning, go to sleep for three hours, come back at seven, and then start prepping. One yeah. thing that I love about this film, and one thing that I think is really underrated about the city of London itself, is the level of fine dining that is expected in London. Mm-hmm. It, this level of fine dining is almost only found in major cities here in America. But that level of fine dining, not that London isn't a major city, but that level of fine dining is like what, what you would expect yeah. in almost any place in London. Like London makes great chefs as well as like just as many as come out of New York, come out of London. And this movie I think does a really good job of showing us this level of fine dining that the majority of us will probably never get to see. And then even if we do, we don't get to see what it's like on the other side of the curtain. No. Right? So you really get a chance to kind of take a peek and see what it's like to be that kind of crazy eccentric chef that had such a deep desire to make these achievements. Perfection. Yeah. Sorry. Perfection. That's I said it weird. Perfection. <laughs> but it's a bit of that drive for perfection, you know, that, that perfectness because yeah. nothing's perfect to them. You know, they're artists. You know, I got to meet uh, Thomas Keller and talk to him and he was wow. just like, um, you know, perfection is obtained until it is and then it's gone because it's fleeting. You know, it's already out the door. Someone's already ate it. You got you to gotta make it again. And, you know, and those kind of chefs are just, you know, like exactly what would happen in the movie. Like, how do you mess up turbo? Do you need me to show you? How? I, I literally watched that conversation happen at the French Laundry once mm-hmm. where she's like, if you don't know, tell me and I'll show you. And, the you know, and 
this is a like a successful kitchen now. So there it's a little bit tamer too than it would have been to them like succeeding and trying to get their three star. Like we're established. We already yeah. were once the best restaurant in the world at one point, you know, but he's like our perfection, our name is on every plate that goes out. Yeah. And like one thing they only show is like they're only doing one service. But if he's doing the full Michelin star thing, that's a tasting menu. So that means there's at least nine wow. courses, you know, but for the cinematic purposes of the movie they just bring it down to one course or two and that's it you know? um what i'm learning is that not only are you striving to reach perfection and get that third michelin star uh once you hit that goal and receive it it's not like okay you're there forever you can get it taken away right um wow so i mean i was a, at I, was just a time, I was at the french laundry which is up in napa you know in yonville and they i believe at the time that i was there were down to two stars and they had they had been to three stars mm. uh per se which is his new york restaurant is, is three hard. michelin star um, and it wasn't like something that they overly talked about, but they're, they're constantly pursuing, you know, perfection. Yeah. Like, that's how it is. And that's not even an exaggeration. Like what this movie depicts is that everything matters. And like the yeah. fact that, uh, Bradley Cooper's role as, uh, the head chef to like taste everything and like make sure everything is perfect before he says service. It's just like, I didn't realize that it's this intense. I, yeah. I, I play this video game on the Nintendo Switch called Overcooked. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of it, but it is absolutely wacky and insane. And like you have to like throw uh, ingredients at each other and you have to like cook. It's like a four per- person video game. Okay. And it's already stressful. And I was like, oh, this is just an exaggeration of what life like it mm-hmm. is like it working in a kitchen. But honestly, the stress levels that I obtained while playing that game is equivalent, if not more, while watching this movie. Because Bradley Cooper saying, fuck you, yep. grabbing people by the collars, mm-hmm. throwing pans against the wall. I I don't know if I could come back to work that next day. You know, it takes a special type of uh, insanity to kind of do that day in and day out. Um, but what they do show in this film, again, that I thought was very interesting and that that is very iconic to the restaurant is after he has that physical altercation with uh helena when she comes back in they have this moment of like you good yeah mm-hmm. and it's like yeah you good yeah because you and then have that's it. to have like, you have to put skin. you have to put it away and like yeah that happened and it's probably gonna happen again and there's no point in being like oh, i'm sorry that that happened and like we don't have time for that shit but like as long as you're good i'm good let's get to work now like, we got busy, shit to do especially in places like that right you're max covers every night max amount of reservations every night and so you don't have time like your family you you see each other every day you see them more than you see her like like she was in the movie she can't see her daughter so yeah you're constantly living there so you need to get together and figure out this teamwork Helene was saying like, hey, can I get Thursday off because that's my daughter's birthday Mm -hmm. and I promised that I would, uh, you know. Chef Lily. Yes, uh, Chef Lily. Um, And Bradley Cooper says, you know, the thing that sucks about becoming great is that you become irreplaceable. Indispensable. Indispensable. And in restaurants, it's true. You you find that that host that makes the flow of your night go easy. You find that, you know, that bartender that makes your night easier because they can crank out twice as many drinks. You know, it's a game changer and you literally have to devote your life to that restaurant if you want to be in it. And it doesn't matter if it's this where it's like a mom and pop shop type of deal where they own it or if it's a corporation like the ones that we've worked in before, because it's all about, you know, working at the highest level, cranking out, getting your numbers and like uh, keeping pace. Because here in California, 
you know, I worked in Texas too for a little bit, you know, in California, you're busy from the minute doors open. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I expect out of this movie too. As soon as the doors are open, people are walking in, you got happy hour. Uh, when I was bartending for a short time in Texas while I was getting settled, you know, people weren't coming in until seven o'clock. And so you're, you're literally there for, from three o'clock doing prep. And then you're there until seven, till someone actually gets there and you get to work for like an hour. And then it's, it's not the same, but to be in a busy spot like this, it's just the pressure yeah. is crazy. And to know? have that kind of name that he already has, right? like everyone that, is, that knows anything about the restaurant business knows that he is the second to greatest because mm-hmm. essentially the uh, the best chef around was that dude that did have three Michelin stars. Yeah, right? Reese. Reese. And so Bradley Cooper is uh, trying to beat him. But even Reese in the movie says, you're a better chef than me. But they work together, right? They work they together with Jean-Luc. Together. They both worked under, supposedly they worked under this um, chef Jean-Luc. And uh, I, lo- I thought Matthew Reese's character of Reese was such an incredible depiction of you know in the restaurants you really do get this bitter Mm -hmm. battle and it is such an arrogance game of like even servers and bartenders get that way and like even like busters get that way of like well you know me and him we got hired at the same time but now i now i do this section Mm -hmm. and he does that section like there's always kind of like a dick measuring contest territorial essence and and an essence of it and it's really oh i imagine yeah, I mean, well, with, I felt that like oh, I'm sorry, no good. I just felt that like with Reese, he was like the one that like has to work hard to be good at it, and for him, it's like uh, Adam Lang was just the one who's just naturally good at it, you know. And I, so for him, I saw him watching it, just being so frustrated because this guy who has all the demons in the world, and uh, he can get it together and just naturally be good at it. Where you know the other guy, he, he's like, I want to learn how to be perfect. I'm going to follow other people's technique so that way I can strive. But he's the book learner. He's not the natural. That is so applicable to like. Everything else mm-hmm. in in life, you know, it, with any craft, like let's say, with music or like, comedy, mm-hmm. there are people that have to work on their craft of being funny, uh, you know, work on their jokes, on their structure of jokes, and mm-hmm. like how they deliver and um, how they write, as opposed to some other people are just naturally born funny and they can get up on stage and just say whatever. Mm-hmm. Here, mm-hmm. I, I mean, in the restaurant business, I'm sure like everyone has to have some sort of an ego. At some point, For because sure. you've made a, how good does it feel? Because um, I don't cook that often mm-hmm. or at all. Um, <laughs> or at all. <laughs> but you guys cook. You guys know how to make something that tastes good. Mm-hmm. What is the feeling that you guys receive when you like, you know, lay that plate down and then like someone takes a bite and you see the joy that they have in their face? I think it's a good feeling. I mean, I think. Uh Professionally, you do that a lot with with cocktails. You know, for us, we were bartenders too. Yeah. So cooking at home is great, but your family always loves your food, even if it's terrible. Um, <laughs> but like when you're bartending, your people are paying people are paying you for their martini or whatnot. So it was always cool to me because I was really big on like classic cocktails, old fashions, Manhattan, things like that, things like that. And uh, to put something out and someone goes, "Oh man, this is like." made the right way you didn't shake my martini you stirred it like you you took the uh, attention to like put the three olives that i wanted or if i wanted like a dash of pepper on top you know like just going the extra mile for them and seeing them appreciate your work or they're looking for something they're like i don't know what i want to drink today i want something sweet i'm like i got a drink i can make for you and then just pulling something out and then they they enjoy it and they pay for it, yeah. so it's a good feeling. Yeah, you get that positive reinforcement. Yeah, and the tip, so, you know. Yeah, you're working for that, too. And then they'll pay you extra on top of the bill. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, um, I think what's interesting also about this film is his demons that he's struggling with aren't just something to set up a problem. Like, they are a reoccurring theme in this film, and this struggle he has of staying sober and staying on top of what's happening is such a crucial part of the character of Adam Jones that it's so important to him and his friends 
that he stays sober. In fact, it's it, the, his contract is depending on it. Right. Yeah. So when he has this fall from grace and he does have his his relapse moment, it's so disheartening for everybody who knows him that even Reese has a moment of taking pity on him. Mm-hmm. Even Reese, this man who supposedly his, you know, uh, his Mozart to the Cellier, like that's just that was a speaking moment. Like if even your 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 enemy, your rival, your arch nemesis sure. is like, fine, yeah, I'll take you, I'll take you in. You barged into my kitchen, high on something, and made fun of my equipment in my kitchen, and like you know, yelled at my cooks. Even then, I'm gonna give you a blanket. I'm gonna give you a place to sleep, and I'm gonna make you eggs in the morning. And I will also admit to you that you're better than me, and that's saying something. Knowing how the movie ends, do you think that happened before, or after? Helene called. Did did Reese know that Adam Jones was going to be coming there because he had gotten he had just gotten off the phone with her, or do you think that phone call happened after he passed out? Hmm. I think the phone call happened before because Reese yes. was was weirdly calm. calm. He wasn't freaked. Like I don't know. I if his ego is as big as we think it is, I think he would should have reacted in a bigger way. But the fact that he saw him, knew immediately what was happening, understood what was happening. And then hmm. because they're old friends, right? Yeah. He knows what what a big problem this is that he's drunk now and like he he says in the beginning he's like, "Oh, I'm sober." And he's like, "No, you're not. I know you're not." He's like, mm-hmm. "Just at one point you'll slip up." And then like here it is. He could have used that as his moment to ruin him well they used to drink together right they used to they work together they went out mm-hmm. after work together so they know each other i think yeah. it's more like they're brothers that don't like each other mm. you know and i and for me i didn't necessarily get that she had called first or he'd gone off the phone already i just thought like for him it's like mm-hmm. you know how many times have you seen your best friend go back to the way he was and you're just like all right well let's let's get you through this and then and then you know maybe he got the call afterwards because he was pretty nice in the morning and the other thing is, we're all the characters that smoking like so they smoke like hundred cigarettes, you know, like the extra Everyone. long ones. Like he pulls this out, zero. He's like, it's like I guess so, man. Everyone, yeah, even the chicken. They like just smoke wherever. They're like we're indoors. Like European, we're, yeah, it's your yes. kitchen. Yeah. Um, Helene was such an interesting character to me. What I loved about her, what was the name of the fish that she kept on trying Turbo. to Turbo. Turbo. So she was yelled at. Turbot. Uh, Turbot. 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 Uh, she was yelled at by Bradley Cooper mm-hmm. to cook this in such a way, and she was, you know, she left. That's when she, when he grabbed her by the neck yep. collar and like on her first at her. night, on her first night, on her first night, where she l- was forced to leave her other job to work for him. Right? Hey, she's getting paid three times more, but six yeah, times more at, that, by yeah. the end of it. By at the, the end, end of it, it. we'll double your pay. Uh, but I'm already getting paid triple. Three times two. I'm like, damn, girl, you're making a lot of money. I mean, those restaurants don't care. I, Not at that level. They're, yeah. yeah, they're making. When I was there, Dang. they were like, we'll replace you real fast, man. It's okay. <laughs> wow. They don't. They're like, we'll get another people. And same thing in the kitchen. They get them straight from culinary institutes, right? And they get to make them into what they want them to be. Man. And to them, it's an honor. It's like just like the guy. How much will you pay me to work for me? You oh, know? gosh. These kids are coming out of college going like, please. Please hire me. Please I'm trying to get the experience me. to work under someone like you, Bradley Cooper. Like in Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall. Everyone yeah. wanted to be with Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. Um, what I liked about Helene, though, is that there are such subtle moments in the movie where she's serving breakfast to her daughter. And her daughter, at this point, fully understands mm-hmm. the stakes uh, in which the stakes that are set in which her mother, you know, for, in, for being a chef. Right. And like Turbot again, mm-hmm. how she, her daughter, who is probably six or seven, is turned into this mini 
food critic junior. Uh, that's what they do. Yeah, that's and they're like, what they eh, do. it was better yesterday. Or she'll say, it's better today. Um, but I like, saw, take I it s- in, right? She's like, like truly soak it in. I saw that answered. scene as what that told me was that uh, Helene practiced, like after she got yelled at, she was practicing the over fish. And over mm-hmm. and over and, again. And like, I think the first time I watched this film, I didn't quite get that, but it's this idea of her like knowing all along that she was going to come back, knowing all along that she had a lot it to learn from Bradley moment. Cooper. Even before she knew she was going to do it, she's over here practicing turbot just so she can make sure it's right next time she does it. That five mm-hmm. second back and forth between Helene and her daughter with the turbot was so telling and fleshed out Helene's character instantaneously. Sure. Just said like, oh, okay. Uh, you are so passionate about this job. Even if you were, Im- even if you were humiliated in a kitchen, uh, you know, in this high tier kitchen mm-hmm. in front of other high tier cooks, you are. You take so much pride in your cooking that you'll get better at it, and it's kind of like this: like I'll show it. you. It's a challenge. Yeah. I could tell by her kitchen, though. I mean, it looked like she had every pot in the world, oh, at least one of them. Such a you sexy know? kitchen. Oh my god. I do like in like French kitchens, European kitchens, they're always like the brass pots. Yeah, mm. copper pots. Copper pots. Mm-hmm. It's always like, hmm, yeah, nice. they're so good. Classy. Dude, even Bradley Cooper making breakfast for David and his girlfriend at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. That was hella funny. I'm like, oh my God, this looks real good. I love cooking movies. They just like show you like, like in Chef when they're doing the grilled cheese and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I love watching cinematic food. Oh, dude, so this, this was Food Beast on crack. Mm-hmm. This movie was supposed to be originally titled Chef. Oh, really? What but year did Chef with... Uh... With Favreau came out right before this film did. In fact, Sony tried to sue them because, like, well, we already have a film after this. And Fine. it was this big back and forth. And eventually, this film was going to be called Adam Jones. And then mm-hmm. in its final post-production, they changed it to Burnt. But uh, I do find it really interesting that, like, John Favreau was like, nah, 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 nah. We're going to call our movie Chef. Mm. So, like, ah, oh, okay. Well, you know, they got the rights first. Then I guess they win. There's nothing that Sony can do about it. Wow. And that movie was wildly really good. successful. I think Chef is why this one wasn't so successful, right? Because it's sure. two of the Everyone same Everyone liked thing, Chef the better. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You said the critics were saying that people were... It was, this movie was just full of overacting? I imagine that's what critics would say. Mm. I did read one review. Uh, I think it was from eatery.com. Uh, where they're like, this is the worst way to like imagine cooks. Like, the, the, they give them this psychosis that only can be cured by their perfection in cooking, and it's like, yeah, yeah, but that's what acting is. Like, they're they're acting what actually happens in a kitchen. Well, it, yeah, it and just... they're acting in a three Michelin star restaurant. We've all met cooks, yeah, that are fry cooks, right? And they're just like, hey, I'm cool with what I'm doing, and that's cool for them. But there are people that just literally strive to be the best, and that's all they want to do is make the best food. Yeah, and work in the best store. I res- I think that's what I loved most about this movie was to see passionate people in their element is one of the most inspiring things. Mm-hmm. Like, not only does this make you want to eat good food and make good food, but this makes you want to be the best at version you of do. yourself at what you do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Actually, uh, uh, like just like when it comes full circle at the end, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he comes, he comes not to worry about the Michelin star, which I think. I think it's a little bit. I mean, because they're always searching those guys. You can't turn that off on those guys. Like, yeah, I get he's like, oh, we're a team now. <laughs> but the, he's always, that's his drive. Like He's, he's always going to be hungry. He's not going it. like, we're making what we're making. That guy's literally like, he'll say everybody that shut the fuck to up. get everybody cool. And then he's over there like, what are you doing, man? Let me see that. <laughs> you know, like, he's yeah, not. Let me taste that. What the fuck? Too much yeah. cayenne? Too, too much tarragon. Uh, Is this cayenne again? Fuck, dude. Oh, my God. What, what a, a crazy twist. twist. That was a twist. Oh, right? What a twist. 
had to come back and get him though. His his past, you know. And Do you think Michelle, the his friend, gentleman named Michelle, because he's French. Did he make that decision that he was going to fuck him over after they got in that fist fight? Or do you think that the came? Very beginning. Or I think it came after he saw that Bradley Cooper hadn't changed. Because I, <gasps> I remember when Bradley Cooper was like, I'm different now. I'm better. This is what's going on. Right. And then there's at least three or four scenes where Bradley Cooper's like yelling at people and getting after him. And like when he made him eat the scallop and shit mm-hmm. like that. Like, it might have been one of those moments. I think that's the moment where, where Michelle was like, you know what, dude? Fuck He's this guy. guy. He's already ruined me. He's making me come back. He's going to ruin me again. How about I'm never going to get a chance to to do this back to him and he did what right bradley cooper he called the health department and released rats into his new restaurant that's fucked up that's messed up that's uh (laughs) that's the next level yeah so i totally get the cayenne pepper thing yeah oh uh, he showed his palm just full of it but i think it was a build-up i think he was back at first but he saw because even like the whole thing not letting his his the whatever sous chef the girl mm-hmm. not letting her have the day off for the birthday like everyone was giving him cold shoulder for that yeah like, that was really weird but i did not understand why baron zemo was like visibly and physically upset by the fact that bradley cooper did want to make a cake he was like you make her a motherfucking cake or i'll beat the fuck out of you it's like whoa, whoa well, maybe we're no longer lovers anymore yeah. if you don't make this cake well maybe because that made her d was just like dude this girl is her birthday you know you gotta fucking do it yes yeah i i but i just think it's it was he's like if i if i had a daughter you would make her a cake okay yeah for sure for if sure. it was our daughter i think he should have gotten that mad about not giving helen the day off uh, yes. Maybe right. that's where the aggression should have been instead of at Bradley Cooper. I think it was a build-up, dude. It's always a build-up. I think everyone respects him a lot, but is just p- they're done putting up with his shit yeah. because that's it comes chefs. back to like, dude, you got this talent and you're like wasting it away mm-hmm. with your like you know with all of your problems. It's like eating at you. Just come on, make some good food and be right. like a good person. But um, I I do like how uh, Chef Lily. Even the way she eats her own birthday cake, right, and says, "I've had better." And Bradley Cooper is having this intimate, like this this honest one on one with this girl mm-hmm. who is a child. Yeah, but like, okay, I respect you as a critic of my own craft. And and it's like you know, do you think he's kind of like maybe that just shows him how dedicated Helena, Helena, what was her name, Helene. how much like she is because obviously this little girl knows everything about the food she's making right and like for me you know i have a daughter and she was been watching me smell and taste wine since uh i was studying for my level one psalm and so like for her she always likes to smell it and she likes to give her critique on what she smells your daughter yeah because because she knows i mean like she's young but you see what your parents do and you just imitate and you copy you know and oh my god it's very interesting you know we'll be like what do you like red wine white wine she's like i like cabernets and you're like you're four stop talk stop talking stop talking (laughs) they're gonna take you away from me adorable yeah that's that's so impressive oh my gosh yeah kids are cute Uh, my dad's an accountant but it's not like i was really into doing taxes (laughs) you're like can i be your cpa please dad can i see uh my w2 can you show me how to use excel please Uh, i love formulas he's like no this is for adults (laughs) don't look (laughs) at it so you grow up like with the with a hunger for learning excel and then like yeah i love these charts no calculators for that's how you rebel against your kids you like make like math the thing that they're not allowed to do oh be like wow. no you can't do math instead of saying no sex no booze uh no partying just go the other way like please, all you want please party you oh, smart about reverse psychology. i don't know about that guys i don't know if i uh... you have two kids <laughs> yeah, you could try know. you have two kids you could try one one way one the other oh, that's what you yeah. do right yeah. you can experiment a little they're bit they're so different though it's like having two lives in a video game it's not right? a controlled study 
I like the two lives in the video game aspect because it's like, you know, this one is like me and this one is where I like make all the bad decisions. Yeah, this is me just really trying to feel out the lay of the level. Especially since, you know, like video games have so many uh, like alternate ways that it can go. Mm. Yes. So like there's one version where I'll play and be like, yeah, yes, yes, yes. And the next version I'll be like, no. (laughs) Is this okay? That's basically what we're trying to tell you to do with your kids. (laughs) Yeah, let me just trial and error them. You know what I mean? Like, Is that everybody? Hey, but it's cool that uh, your daughter has. Uh, She's got a palate. She can. Smell she has a palate without ever having it. a drop of it. You Absolutely, know? that's insane, man. She's got a nose. Um, uh, Helene in this movie, I am so attracted to. She's a scary. Do you think she is better than the girlfriend from Ratatouille? Um, I've never seen Ratatouille. In the kitchen? You've never. Wow! Whoa! 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 Hang on! Hang I on! Mean, hang on! You've never seen Ratatouille? I've never seen. You've Ratatouille. never seen the rat that cooks. No, I've never. What? Yes, I'm so sorry. It's wow. just like, okay, I'm just going to put it out there. I've never seen Ratatouille. I've never seen Wally. I haven't seen either of the Frozens. I have mm. not seen, uh, what's the other one that came out? Onward. Um, I, yeah. Mm. That was okay. I think the newest Pixar movie that I've seen was Tangled. T- Tangled that's in Toy old, Story man. 3. That's uh, not even, is that not even think that's Pixar? Yeah, Tangled is like a Disney animation. Oh, yeah, see? Come on, guy. Yeah. Do you see the last Toy Story? No, I haven't seen Toy Story 4. Oh, Only because I... Cried in Toy Story 3 and you couldn't do it to yourself well, again? Toy Story 3. Oh! I've talked about this. Okay. Uh, well, Toy Story 3, I have like a weird special place in my heart because I uh, went on a date with my... Uh, Love of his life? No! <laughs> crush. Sorry. With my uh, with a middle school crush. Crush of his life. Um, she'll, she'll never hear this. And if you do... Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Is it How me are you? Looking it for? Me looking no, but like that was such a good movie that once even just one person told me like, hey, Toy Story 4 is not as good. I'm like, ah, it's like the ending of Game of Thrones. I didn't watch. I didn't fin- didn't finish it. Game of Thrones because people kept on the saying Starbucks cup. Yeah. Some stuff like that. <laughs> or it just ended badly. Honestly, I would watch it for the star- Starbucks like, I cup. see it. Yeah. That Leonardo DiCaprio meme. <laughs> um, um, well. I think what you should do is, one, revisit Game of Thrones, but in reverse order, and see how many makes, mistakes and flaws you can find that way. Mm-hmm. That could be a cool little vlog thing we could do for our Patreon channel. Hey, yeah. Um, Thrones of Games. Um, <laughs> Thrones of Games. He just likes to like, take titles and <laughs> make them backwards. Them. Yeah. Rings of the Lord. BTBCI. <laughs> Uh, that was good, actually. I'm like not going to lie. But I know you were looking right at our letters. Looking so. right at it, I was man. like, that's good memory. I, but also, know. we have this neon light with the letters behind us. You Nobody don't need knows. to see Onward. Um, I hear you it's a beautiful story about it's, brothers. It's, it's okay. It's okay. But Brother Bear is a better brother story. Uh, you're right. Ooh, I like Bear. But not um, as popular. And then you can skip Frozen 2. But Frozen 1's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Frozen 2 as well. Though. Wally is really good. You should see Wally. Classic. Wally, I hear, is just... And Ratatouille is so good. I can't believe you missed Ratatouille. Ratatouille, man. So good. It's just like when you don't have... Being someone that really likes movies, there turns out to just be a too long of a list of movies to watch that you don't know sure. how to prioritize anymore, right? Absolutely. I'm watching... I don't know. Well, with this movie podcast, I'm watching these movies that I have to watch for mm-hmm. movies that at, even at some points, I'm just like, I don't feel like watching a movie right now because um, it's like, you know, sometimes mixing play with work, right? Absolutely. But it does make it a treat when there is a good, like a, we could watch I like agree. a movie that's like not critically condemned. Ratatouille was classic though. They're in a kitchen, talking about kitchens. I mean, the rat catches on fire almost and then... <laughs> Now, is it nearly as stressful as this movie? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no, it is stressful. It's got its moments. It fun. Really? It's fun, yeah. 
But um, uh, Thomas Keller was a producer on that one. Oh, shit. So you had Gordon wow. Ramsay on this one. You had Thomas Keller well, on that one. I can imagine that these big studios are going to need... Like reference. if you're making a movie about uh, chemistry, mm-hmm. Breaking Bad, I'm sure how many chemists did they have to so many hit up to be like, is this correct? Like none in the first season. It wasn't until they started getting calls of chemists and being like, this is wrong on the board. This is not how it's what I work. actually studied. I did ask my organic chemistry uh, teacher about the one scene where I believe it is nitric acid that they use to dissolve the uh, body in mm-hmm. like the in third the, or fourth episode. In the t- mm-hmm. uh, bathtub. Yes, Crazy Eight's body. Um, not in the bathtub. The, he said, oh, he said, yeah, yeah, do it in the bathtub. Or don't do it in the bathtub. Use it in this uh, polystyrene, this plastic bin that you can get from Home Depot. But like Jesse was like, nah. So I was asking my organic chemistry teacher, hey, yeah. can Where nitric acid of a certain concentration burn through porcelain? Can it like, and he was like, oh, um, let me see. And so he went to go consult with his, these other organic chemistry teachers, came back with me and said, it's possible. And so I will take it's that possible. as like, okay, Breaking Bad did some research. They, they got to, right? They always yeah. have like, when they have rock movies, have some guy who like does all the hand guitaring for Bradley Coops, you know? <laughs> yes. No, I, Bradley Cooper actually played the guitar in A Star is Born. Mm, he also already spoke French before this film started. He's oh, fluent. His fluent French, French is French. French is pretty solid. Because he's fluent in French. Mm-hmm. Is he? Yes. Canadian? I, I don't I don't I don't know, but he also has been Possible. sober too, just like the character since he was twenty nine. Bradley Coops, yes. Oh, he doesn't. That's good to know. Wow, no wonder he's playing. Man. No wonder he's so good at channeling like uh, troubled men, people who are afflicted mm. with addiction. You know, because mm. um, the star is, uh, was born is really good. Yeah. I also think this is really good acting on Bradley Cooper's part as well. I Incredible. Think so too. I think it's I severely. It under, I think it's also overshadowed by, by American Sniper because that movie came out right before this mm. and everyone's like, oh, that's such great acting. I don't think that's good acting. Mm-mm. I think it's an okay movie. But I think this is where he's truly created a character that is so far away from himself yet so similar that it is a it is a mirror reflecting a mirror almost and it really is an interesting form of acting for him and I think yeah. it's a good job. Yeah. I mean, when you could really fit that role, I mean, like, of, of course you want to play a character where you could channel a lot of your uh, true, truest uh, mm-hmm. memories, right? Yeah. This so, isn't Hangover Bradley Cooper, and this isn't American Sniper Bradley Cooper, but it is a very iconic Bradley Cooper. It's so good, dude. And no awards for this movie, huh? No, nothing. Uh, no noms, no nothing? Well, when you only make $36 million, you don't have enough to buy a nom. I guess <laughs> you, just, you just have to take that win. You yeah. just have to take that win. Like, okay, we, we came out positive. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, but it's, I like how much Jean-Luc was such a tentpole character in this movie without ever showing up. Oh yeah. I always, I kept expecting him to be like Jean-Luc Picard and I was like, yeah, man. That's who you're talking about. I know. I know who he is. (laughs) He didn't die. He got called up to the USS Enterprise. That's what it was. Patrick Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, I do think John Luke was this pivotal godlike feature, and I think it's better that we don't ever see him mm-hmm. because we have this opportunity to imagine who he is in his great essence. But the reverence that everybody has for him, it was like enough to, you know, s- stop fights, stop time, stop right. anything because it truly was like John Luke is the Jean Luke, mm-hmm. and it was like an honor to get his knives. Like right. I didn't. Another thing I learned was that I didn't understand that was. <laughs> that chefs had chefs and their knives mm-hmm. is 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 a is a partnership it's a, it's an honor 
to carry tools. your knives. Yeah, absolutely. To carry someone's knives. Those are you have your own knives. It's not just the kitchen's knives. I didn't realize it was like your tool belt. Well, there are definitely kitchen knives, right? But especially when you get to those, those high levels, you come with your own bag when you when you get into culinary school. I really want to do that when I was growing up. You know, you, you have like these thousand dollar sets of knives that you get. But really, it's better to kind of piece it together. Um, but it, it is. It's a badge. Like some of these guys, like you know, uh, with like Owen Wilson in Shanghai News, like look at the look at the handle of my gun. Like it's the same kind of thing, you know. Mm. Like look at you know this one, and there's different styles, of course, right? You wow. get the Japanese shun knife, or you can get the German Henkel known for steel and all that kind of stuff. So what a gun is, what like a what a six shooter is to a cowboy yep. is what yep. a knife is to a chef. Honestly, like that. that's exactly what it is. Or like what a sword is to a pirate. That's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. chefs see themselves as pirates, gangsters, cowboys. Oh, man, for sure. Yeah. What a lightsaber is to a Jedi. There you is go. What a knife mm. is to a chef. I can guarantee that's, there's uh, some chefs that's who think they they're Jedi, right? Yeah, they, said, sure. uh, they said uh, uh, two devil Michelin or two Michelin star stuff was like Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. And he was explaining the Michelin level to his girlfriend. Oh, there you go. A Padawan has no stars, and then like a Jedi has one star. Jedi Knight has uh, two, two stars, and then, and then a Jedi Yoda Master. But Fuck. what if he's Darth Vader? That's what she said. Well, what if he's done? Well, then they don't he, care about he, the stars anymore, is. but they still have all the skills that a master chef would have. That's like Darth Vader <laughs> is what Bradley Cooper is if he was just like, I'm going to make some bomb ass dishes, but I still do heroin. Oh, and they don't show you what's going to happen after this, right? So now he has this successful restaurant that's doing probably like full covers every night. And now his, li- his life just went into overdrive because he got three Michelin stars. Like, yeah, what's going like, to happen now? Working to the bone, working 100 hours a week. Like, and he's well, going to fall in love keep, with his girl. Yep. And they're going to be like, no, dude. They're like, you can't. You don't have time to Lil- live for your family. Lily's going to want to see her father eventually. She's going to get to that age where she's going to want to not love Bradley Cooper like, as a stepdad. Where's my dad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My dad doesn't make food like this, but he does make a killer. Velveeta cheese macaroni. Hey, yeah. Sometimes I don't want to eat some turbot, Mom. I don't want nice lobster tails. Can't we eat Burger King? Yes. Just get me some crap mac and peasant cheese. food. Get me some peasant food. Peasant food, baby. Seeing Bradley Cooper eating Burger King in this movie mm. was wild. I was like, is this a different movie? Did something happen? Hey, it's consistency, like you said. And it's kind of no, like Burger, when But that's a problem. Burger King isn't consistent. Uh, Burger well, King is here. never consistent. How McDonald's. So? Always I'll tell you what, though, watching Tony Stark eat cheeseburgers from Burger King made me want cheeseburgers more mm-hmm. than watching Bradley Coops do it in this movie. Apparently, Robert Downey Jr. was eating a burger when he was high on drugs and was like so grossed out by the burger from Burger King that he decided to become sober. I've heard that story. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I'm going to do that again. I'm going to sober up these uh, iron people. Um. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Let him sit in that. Uh, Y'all, you're all, y'all are iron people. I'm your Iron Man. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, what I really liked as well, like I keep saying and keep bringing it back, is that <laughs> I'm learning so much about this kitchen life. I, I like the honest, the the honest critiques that everyone is giving each other just to better themselves, yeah. right? Like he's making this uh, ter ter what. Turbo? No, no not the, the, tar- the tarragon like, Oh, the spice. soup or whatever? Yes, and he's just like uh, spoon-feeding mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. and like Not all- COVID-friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not that time. Not y'all, y'all are sick. That's a great target. They're like, we've but all licked this sick. spoon. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. They did share a couple of spoons. That was very interesting. Yeah, but, but at <laughs> that point, seen, they don't care. Usually they have clean ones, yeah. honestly. Yeah, in the, yeah, in yeah. the kitchen, there's, there's clean ones. There's like a sink where they throw all the dirty ones. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, you try it now. Yeah, I've seen one chef use three spoons for the same sauce. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. I respect it. Boom. Got to keep good. it clean, man. That's what yeah. it's about. I will say, though, in this movie, 
Um, it's definitely like like when I was in a, in a kitchen like this, it's kitchen driven. It's not front of house driven, which is kind of the difference between this and waiting. Mm-hmm. And I think most restaurants are a, a mixture of the two because the front of house has so much character, you know, and so much so much of its own drama that has nothing to do with what's going on in the kitchen at all. Yeah. You know, like these kitchen guys are, are going crazy at the same time. I think the line that hit me the most is when he's sending them out with the Michelin star food and he's like, keep those plates level. Like it better be, it better hit the table the way I sent it out. And because as, so when I worked at the French laundry, I was just a, like essentially a food runner. It's called a kitchen server. And that's, they put things on with tweezers, you know? And so you literally, they have techniques on how to keep food level. So you keep it waist high and then you walk out like that because that's going to keep it less from when it's up here, your hands, your hands shake. And so uh, they will yell at you if like they, they have a heart of palm. That's a, that's a circle that they just placed on with tweezers. And if it falls off, you're like, they send you back to the kitchen, you get yelled at for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Or um, or like we had these cornets that we would do, uh, salmon tartare cornets. And um, the the crisp that, that wraps around it, we'd, uh, we'd roll napkins and you'd crack it every single time. And oh. the person would be like, what the f*** are you doing, man? Like, can you can you put a napkin on this crisp or not? Like, Or just get out. And you'd be like, all right, I'm just going to get out, cry myself to sleep. We'll get out there. You need a level of finesse. Oh if you're man, even no, they just present finesse it is their line. They they want finesse, right? And I remember like it's everything. They watch everything. Like you know, they're talking about like oh the fork on the floor. You need to look perfect. Like I remember I came in once, and they're like you can wear tie bars, you can wear whatever, right? And so the guy's like, uh, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. He's like, hey, you're doing a really great job, man. Uh, I just want to ask you a question. Um, where'd you get your shoes? And I was like, oh shoes, I don't know, because they're non-slips. I'm like, pay less, I don't know. And he's like, cool. Um, He's like, get new shoes by tomorrow and get rid of the tie bar, right? Thanks, buddy. And just wow. boop off. And I was like, cool, man. Just like, uh, I guess I look like shit. Like, wow. They're not even just critiquing. No. And they send you, they're like, you need to go get Christian Brothers shirts. Like, you need to get nice shirts. Like, don't get, no Costco stuff here. Wow. You know, like, we're going to send you home with three suits and you go get them tailored so you can, so you can wear them. Everything has to be perfect. Perfect. There was this, del- I like how you brought up, I think it's good to bring to attention that the front of the house has character as well. Sure. Because they didn't have enough time in this movie right. to focus on it. This is about the kitchen. There was a deleted scene where uh, Bradley Cooper is about, or, or, or where the Mater D comes up to Bradley Cooper in the kitchen and says like, hey, there's a guy out there and uh, he's making a big fuss about uh, this and that. And Bradley Cooper's like, what? Like everything was perfect. It's not my problem. And then Bradley Cooper looks behind the Mater D and there is this server uh, that is crying. And he's like, why is she crying? And the Mater D was like, well, he was just a little aggressive about the the order. And the Mater D was saying like, but it's okay. We got it handled. Mm -hmm. And Bradley Cooper takes off his apron, goes to the outside and says, hey, you apologize to my server right now. You apologize to my server right now. And this like drunk big wig is like, hey, how about you fuck off, mate? And uh, Bradley Cooper's like, he doesn't say a word. He he grabs one end of the tablecloth and the other end mm-hmm. and then takes the everything. It. Knapsacks everything at this table. There's four people at this table. So there's like four wine glasses, four dishes, four appetizers, so on and so forth. Grabs it all and just walks away. And then everyone in the restaurant is clapping. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, God damn, you work in the back of the kitchen and you have people, you have the backs 
of the people that work in the front of the kitchen. I would nice. like to think so. That yeah, would be you would nice. like to think so. Usually it's like a war. It's like a war between front of house and back of house. Is that how it is? Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, like, sure, yeah, the, the head guy's going to have pride for everybody, but usually it's like the kitchen guys are like, oh, front of house messing up for everybody. And the front of house guys are like, man, that kitchen can't crank out food to save my life right now. Or it'd be like, I just want like, another thing of ranch. I'm not the one eating it. They're, yeah, they're asking like, why for are ranch. you asking me for ranch? They're Fuck like, you, ring it in. It's like, can't you just give me this just cheese give sauce? Give me the side of ranch. Raul, just give me the fucking <laughs> cheese sauce. They were like, hey, uh, this is overcooked. And they're like, what do you mean it's overcooked? You rang it in medium. I'm like, yeah, and yes, it's well we done. Yes. They're like, well, whose fault is that? It was medium when I put it under the heat lamps. No, clearly it wasn't. Like, it's, But it's, let me guess. At the end of the night, you all still count your tips together and go have a no, cigarette. They don't get cooks. tips. No, they they, the they envy us because we make tips. That's oh, where the line is. That's where the line that's is. And they just the, go. So you guys don't party together afterwards? Not, uh, nah, not really. Kitchen, kitchen guys. You're pretty much in your in your, in your your separated. And then you have clicks in it of itself. The bartenders will hang out with the bartenders. The servers will hang out with the servers. Buses will be with the busers. Oh, I was hoping that like the sense of com- camaraderie extended beyond. That's Hollywood, baby. Yeah, ah. that's uh, no, no, no. That's yeah, what you makes have a your movie clicks good. and you're and especially like if you're in the servers, you're like you're with the better servers or you're with the rookies, like or the people in your class. Mm-hmm. If you had a, like with with cheesecake, it was like you had a class of twelve people that you graduated with. You know, with Ruth Chris, I got hired with one other person. And so you only know that person up from the very beginning. Right. And you're like, hmm, did I move up faster? <laughs> you know, <can laughs> I, how far did I get? Like, did I get there fast enough? Am I a trainer first? You know, yeah, yeah, I much. think that's how it is with any job. Yeah. Sure. That's, um, yeah, it's a little more in your face in the restaurant, though, because it's very clear because I'm like, put this pin on. That says you're better than everyone else. <laughs> Holy shit. At my job, it's just kind of like, did you hear? So-and-so got senior associate position. And no one really talks about it. I was like, okay, that's cool. So people don't get mad. Oh, no. Everybody knows. No, Everything's a, a rumor. It. Yep. Uh, it's like high school in that sense. Because you're like, oh, did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear this is going down? You're like, yeah. what? Sarah's getting it? Sarah's getting DT pin? Yeah, Sarah's <laughs> getting the DT pin. I was supposed to get the DT pin. They told me three months ago I was going to get the DT pin. How's the I trend? Was, so, I'm sorry. No, uh, I was like, Alex, you won uh, Employee of the Month how many times at, at Cheesecake? Three times. Three times. I was elected, I think, two times. And they would tell you, like, oh, you're elected. But, like, he told you, like, they vote for people to who becomes. And I lost. And everyone's like, every time people were like, it's going to be you this time, man. And then I'd lose. I'd be like, you guys suck, man. <laughs> like. <laughs> Damn. Okay, so there's a little bit of like brotherly competition in there. Oh sure, but I mean, you know, I got I got I was where he, he was he was at Cheesecake, I was at Roos Chris. We're two different, you know. Yeah. Two different styles once you get to that point. But T- Cheesecake trained me up to be what I could be at Roos Chris cuz yeah. it's just sheer volume. Mhm. Sheer volume. You guys deal with a lot of stuff at Cheesecake. Everything. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's the ba- it's like the happy middle of like People go there for casual dining. Yeah. At the same time, people will go there to celebrate mm-hmm. something. It's everything. It's the only the, job where I had five blenders at my disposal. <laughs> it's like, the biggest casual fine dining restaurant in the world. There you go. And you guys worked at the headquarters of it all. Uh, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, the, the flagship. Okay. Because the headquarters is in Calabasas. Oh, they changed it? No, the headquarters isn't, but the flagship. Well, the original is Beverly Hills. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. But we're the flagship because David Overton, the owner and founder, went to school in Cal Berkeley. So he wanted something in this area that he could kind of show his classmates that he built. And that's what was close. Okay, that makes sense like a to billion me. People. Yeah. Hey, what's up? I mean, it was you? in top five biggest for a long time. I mean, only because of Dubai and uh, and a couple of the other ones in other countries that really outsized. Yeah. The one in Wana Creek. Yeah. Wow. Is that closing? Did I hear that that, that they're closing that? No. No. Okay. No. I thought I. I mean, I'm in Texas, so what do I know? But I, <laughs> but I heard that uh, I heard that they were closing it. No. That I thing was like, that's a staple, how popping. can you? I know they don't own the property, so... Even, like, just a few months ago, that place was... Yeah, they, I mean, everyone you mean was a, just Over outside. a year ago. 
No. Team. Oh, you mean like when they had the patio? You're right. You're yeah, right, you're the right. patios are packed. The line is still long. Is and they were doing to goes the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, man. They'll figure it out. Matt, do you have a best person on set award? Best person on person on set award. I would probably go go with the Coops, man. I think he okay. played it really well. Uh, I think uh, was able to dramatize this role really well. And uh, made me feel like I was in a kitchen just standing there with awkward tension because people are yelling at each other. Oh. And I'm just there like, I'm just here to run the turbot. You're like, can I get that? Because uh, my table's been asking for it. <laughs> I'm eating because I'm stressed. Do <laughs> <laughs> you guys have any th- uh, send Stop eating the turbot. <laughs> We're serving desserts. <laughs> I just love cake. Uh, send back. <laughs> wow. Actually, yeah. I'd eat all the... If there, were, if there was the slightest error with any of the dishes made in that kitchen. Bring the it best my way. food I ever had. So... I was at a three mission star place and they would have like not necessarily send backs, but if someone wasn't at the table, if someone went to the bathroom, they would not send the course out and they would restart cooking the course because all over again because they possible. wanted fresh. So they'd be like, all right, we got person up and we got two people up. We're going to cancel this order. We're going to start a new one. And they would send them to the back and they're like, you're in training. You get to eat it. And I, that's how I got to try. Like I got to try the turbo. I got to try a Wagyu steak. I got to try uh, the oyster and pearls dish that they do. It was, it was phenomenal. Best wow. way to eat, for sure. Rich. Just serve as much tap water as you can to the table so that by the time that the food comes, they have there's to go no, to the there's bathroom. There's no tap water there. I'm sorry. Uh, sparkling water. Aquapana. Uh, Aquapana. It is all from a fresh spring that's located right across the street. Uh-huh. I think cats pee in it, but uh, it's going to taste <laughs> great today. If it tastes good today. My best person on set is Matthew Reese, uh, the guy who plays Reese. Okay. Yes. He, I think... Again, played the perfect antithesis to Bradley Cooper's character. Mm-hmm. Had a big enough, bold enough character, and then their connection together was such. It was, you could definitely tell that there was a past that they both had. So. Absolutely. Yeah, that was incredible. Uh, I mean, those they were some heavy hitter actors that really uh, did a lot for this movie. But I'm gonna have to give mine to the youngest person on oh, set, man. Chef Lily. Chef Lily. At whatever age that actress was did an impeccable job absolutely of like being able to be this lovable child who really i think i would be intimidated if i made any type of food for her because she seemed like a critic she's gonna be a critic like she's yeah. not gonna go the chef route because her mom's already struggled through that and most people that see like people family members that have gone through that they're like please don't go through that yeah <laughs> you know? yeah no, i don't want to be that i witnessed you go through mm-hmm. all that stress for 18 years of my life go be the uma thurman Yes, be Uma Thurman, who was just the... Yeah, I just the, get to go and party and eat great food. I'm still... My mind is still blown that that was Uma Thurman. For like two seconds, right? Like For so like two seconds. Scene. She made like $10 million. No, it was only $20 million budget. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was a half the half budget. Half of the budget. Who did you think she is? T- uh, Donald Trump in two weeks notice? Uh, Absolutely. In Home Alone 2? Mm. Right over there. Bathrooms are right over there. Uh, get out of here. There's a petition going around for people uh, that want him to be uh, photoshopped out of that movie. Oh, come on, guys. And Who's it, the kid going to ask then? I think they're trying to replace it with uh, who Who would it be? I think it's someone that does like a, like a talk Christopher show. Christopher Lloyd. Anybody? Uh, Regis Philbin. Who's a good New Yorker? Oh. Regis Philbin. Is he a New Yorker? Yeah. Colin Quinn. It could have been Colin Quinn. It's over there. Colin Quinn was not popular enough for Home Alone 2. Yeah, but mm. he's popular enough in 2021 that he could probably just... When Home Alone 2 came out, he was doing that side character at Night of the Roxbury. Is that the King's that's Speech guy? Yeah. King's Speech. No, that's Colin Farrell. Oh, okay. Colin Firth. Uh, Colin Firth. Firth. Yeah. Colin so Farrell is Bullseye. Oh, Bullseye. This episode's mm. gone completely off the rails. We talk, welcome to uh, our Burnt episode where we talk about 50 Being other movies. Down. 50 other movies. <laughs> um, rate it, Matt. I'm going to go with, what's your rating system? One out of five. Yeah. Five being it can be that good. One being it can be that bad. I'm going to give it I'm gonna give it a four and a half because I think it's a good movie. I guess it has its flaws because 
it loses you in some spots, but I think it's a great movie yeah, overall. Four point five is actually a really, <laughs> a really good rating. I, I think mean, they didn't need to do the whole like gangster owes you money thing. I mm-hmm. understand they had to up the stakes for something, but um, yeah, I think a four, a three point five, four, four point five. That's right about where I'm at. Let's yeah. say a four. Let's cut the let's cut the death. Let's say a four. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna say four as well. Um, it's worth watching if you don't have to pay for it. If you got Amazon mm-hmm. or if you have Tubi or Tubby or Tubi, if you're those kind of people, um, I go ahead and watch it because it is a fun look at something that people don't often get a look at. Yeah, I think if you are unaware of what goes on behind the scenes of a kitchen where you're just getting your food. Yep. Um, if you eat at restaurants like this, you should watch this movie. Oh, look how they clean. Did you see how they clean? Like That makes yes. me feel so good because I, I hate going to mom and pop shops where you're like, I don't think they clean at all in here. No, they don't. Like These guys were like scrubbing everything. That stainless steel looked as good as it did when it was brand new. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Like, I want that in all my restaurants. Don't we all? Yeah. That, that Michelin stars. This will teach you how to have a good kitchen. It'll, it'll make you want to cook more. It'll give you that understanding where, yes, maybe you'll be a better guest when you go to a restaurant because you understand all the emotion that goes on backstage, you know? This is kind of backstage. Uh, behind, is, behind, uh, you know, behind, behind the, the curtain. Kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do think this is a good, like, motivational movie where this is a movie where once I finish it, I am kind of like, yeah, man, I can, I can do stuff. Mm-hmm. If he can do it, anybody can. Yeah, if Bradley I, Coops can. I'm gonna cook some turbot. He didn't have to pay his bills. Yeah, talk about a great con artist in that sense. This movie should actually be about He's how great a of a finesse, con artist bro. He finessed the dude in giving him a restaurant. Dude, finessed the ex girly after seeing her for ten minutes to pay for his debts. Everyone likes him. Yeah, the gay mater D was like, I'm in love with you. My father's restaurant is your restaurant. Yes, I don't care if you're uh, if you have a bill to pay with these drug lords. I'll pay it for you. And then when you kiss me, I'm gonna look at you like. Hmm. Prick. I, I I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta I gotta go. I got to go right down why what I a, hate Tony Stark in and front Captain of your America. girlfriend? Really? That's what he's thinking. Right? Maybe. He's like, you know nothing's gonna happen when she's right there. She can't join. If this is actually <laughs> happening, she can't join. No, I'm not into that. And then after he leaves, she tries to get uh hot and heavy with him. And Bradley Cooper's like, please, I'm still thinking about my did friend. That, did that bruise get worse as the as the scene kept going? Because I feel like no, first when they got, lifted up, it was like, oh, just a bruise. And then after that, it's like, oh, it's bleeding. And then it's like, you got murdered. It like, got really like that bruise and the bruise on his face also grew and shrunk in size. Like sometimes he's bleeding all the way down to his chin. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he has just a tiny cut over his eyebrow. That is why I give it a four out of five, because his <laughs> bruises and cuts were inaccurate. There's no continuity in the but bruise his shirt, scene. Nope. Perfect continuity. His shirt was white. No blood through that white shirt. It did have a little bit of blood from the drip of his forehead. Mm-hmm. But none from the cut that he had on his back. It wasn't cut yet until she started touching Poking it. at it? And they were back quick. Like, he, you know, he just got beat up. It was like the next day they're back and they're like, okay, where's our money? And she's like, I'll pay you. Also, <laughs> did they dump him in those boxes or did he like walk over and be like, I'll hide and in these boxes? How did the guy who was like carting in the vegetables not see him also in like in the trash right Call there. Everybody's ambulance. there super early in the morning, right? Yeah. yeah someone sees you. It's broad daylight. <laughs> People are like, don't bother chef. This and is it's what he executive likes. chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And can we talk about that party that he goes to for literally one minute and then he gets frazzled and just leaves his date Helene Leaves there. her. She just got there. Did looking she stay gorgeous. for the whole thing? I hope so. Because she comes back and finds him in jeans at 3 yes. a.m. At 3 a.m. Yes, um, she because imagine the hors d'oeuvres at that place. Oh, good. Oh, hors d'oeuvres. Oh, hors d'oeuvres. Man, um, I've been to a couple of vintage release parties at wineries where they have like Morimoto and stuff like that, like making stuff. Those amuse bouches are amazing. Oh. Bless you. Absolutely amazing. I think one of the funniest parts about this film is how like Bradley Cooper is so shocked at certain things, but then like the things that shouldn't shock him is just like he's just like, no, nah, yeah, that's a. Uh, that's a gangster who's trying to kill me. And then he'll like see his ex-girlfriend and be like... He'll malfunction. 
he'll mal- malfunction Error. at his old Error. love. Uh-huh. He's just like, ah, John Luke's daughter. Uh, like, I, I, didn't know, I didn't know she died. I didn't know he died. Uh, uh, you look great. Uh, your dad's dead. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go prep for tomorrow because that's all I know what to do when I freak out. Skinless halibut, please. Yes, please. Oh, you found me. Date that I left that party. And he's sitting on fish. I doubt any fishmonger would let somebody sit on their fish. I like doubt that. any just head ice. chef would do Even that. if it's just ice. Like, like, hey, man, your butthole's wet. Get the fuck off my tablet. I'm sorry you had a hard day, but he's it looks a celebrity like... chef, okay? Right? I guess he could sit on the shit. Uh, I guess, but he shouldn't be sitting on a fishmonger's pride. Rachel Ray sat on these fish. No, no, that's Marking a different movie. That's yeah, you can a mark different it up on movie. <laughs> oh, no wonder she smells like fish. Mm, no, that's oh, not yeah. why. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like to think that the Barefooted Contessa is actually the most demonic of all the Food Network stars. The Barefoot Contessa? Yes, yes. She's cooking Jeffrey to death, and she's going to eat him and take <laughs> all of his money, I believe it for a fact. You never um, see him. You don't know how well he's doing. We see mm. Jeff actually pretty often, and he is getting fat as fuck. <laughs> and the Barefooted Contessa is drinking four-foot-tall martinis, and she's going to kill Jeffrey. Well, how do you keep it together when you're surrounded by like food constantly right? well, she they live here in Napa. Like, uh, but she's she's better than like sarah lee the, the drunk lady that we used to watch as a kid sarah lee gets a pass she beat cancer she oh did she <laughs> and she got away from the cuomo homo she'd be like here five clugs of vodka and you're like for one drink hmm. had a girl interesting someone knows how to party uh, the barefooted contessa this is not responsible drinking 101 <laughs> um well i've been alejandra and i've been christian matt thanks for joining us here today um wow Really loved this movie. This was fun. Way to open our eyes to something that Christians never experienced and something that I thought was behind me. And way to Isn't open it? my eyes to Ratatouille, which I will eventually do. Tonight. Like, tonight with... with uh, uh, my girlfriend, uh, Melissa? Melissa. That's her name. That's How her name. How did I know? You know, I thought... Yeah, I know. thought it's Usually we record on Thursdays, and on Thursdays you see Jane, uh-huh. and on Fridays you see Melissa, so it's hard for me to keep yes. up sometimes. And, and on Wednesdays I see uh, Jessica... Tuesdays, yes. I see uh, Tabitha. Tabitha. Of course. Yes, you know Tabitha too. Because well, you see, I see her Tabitha on, on Wednesdays. That's right. Yes, yes. We share. Got to share. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's weird though because you know we, we we don't like the same woman. Tabitha, actually, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Slovenian, so we don't even. Neither of us actually think she's that attractive, but it's it's a. But it's, it's a way a, to strengthen it, the partnership that we have. It's a Tuesday okay. for me, and we know yeah. what Tuesdays are like mm-hmm. for me. And it's a Wednesday for him, and we yeah. know what yeah. Wednesdays I, are like for you. We, Wednesdays are almost like a day off for me because I work in the morning, and then I don't work again. I don't work again on Tuesday, so yeah. it's kind of that opportunity. Or Thursday, I get that opportunity to. <laughs> not only are we co-hosts, we're Eskimo brothers. Hey. That was not a joke. Um, so, not Matt, a joke. do you have a show that you want to plug for us? Uh, yeah, after that, yeah, I have a show. My show is called Millennials Drink. It's on YouTube. You can find, them, uh, find us on Instagram, Millennials Drink. And uh, we're breaking down the barrier. Okay. and uh, The color barrier? The wine barrier. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> don't get caught up in the words. It's not about Venice. Venice, Venice, Venice you know, what the know, fuck? <laughs> Baddies, subscribe to his YouTube channel. <laughs> he is Support a dad. him. He's three hours past his bedtime. If you want to learn about wine, if you want to learn about everything alcohol in, yeah. in a very entertaining way that you can digest it easily, check it out. Millennials Dream. Yeah, Millennials you'll drink. learn everything That's from right. fun facts you can throw out at a party about Vuv Clicko, or you can learn how to open a bottle of wine. You can learn how Matt can roll weird eyelid things in the second episode. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm he, still learning how to be a person on a camera, guys. It's <laughs> hard. You should start wearing sunglasses in your episodes. <laughs> oh, shout out. Um, okay. At, uh, at the very end of our episodes, before uh, we, we bid our guests adieu, do. I do want to <laughs> tell you that we usually ask our guests to say one thing to the baddies. It could be a phrase. It could be a piece of advice. It could be an anecdote. Um, but look dead into the barrel of the camera camera b as we like to call that um and we'll push in right here b for betty um and yeah just tell the baddie something okay 
So I'm going to tell you <laughs> that there are over 80 injuries a year caused by champagne tops. Depressing. So cover the top in the cage and twist the bottle, not the cork. There That's you go. Advice. There you go. Twist the bottle, not, not the, the cork. cork. At Millennials Drink, guys. Check it out. All right. Bye. Bye. Little man.